Well, I'm pretty excited because today we kick off a new season as a church, a season that we're calling Living Well. Does anybody want to live well in this, this life? I, I think it's a pretty reasonable thing to say that we all want to, to live well, that life can get kind of crazy, and we want to be able to navigate it uh, well. God has given us the resources that we need to navigate this life well. And so uh, here's how we're going to do that this summer is we're, we're going to do that by walking in wisdom or learning how to walk in wisdom. Ephesians chapter 5 15 says, be careful how you walk or how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Be careful that you would walk in wisdom. And so that's really what we're up to this summer as a church family seeking how we might walk in wisdom. Uh, this is a uh, the, the, the book of Proverbs is where we're going to be specifically uh, this morning as we begin to just start this journey of learning how to walk in wisdom. And, and, and the Proverbs are just a gift to God's people, and so I'm excited for us to, to jump in together and just spend a summer of seeking the Lord's wisdom. You good for that? You with me? It's going to be a good summer uh, together. Now, a, a proverb is usually a, a short single verse or, or statement. It, it may from time to time be a little bit of of a longer discourse, uh, but generally speaking, a proverb uh, is a short kind of memorizable saying that will, will stick with you. A, a, a proverb is this, this truth that's kind of in a small uh, nugget kind of a, a form, and, and it's phrased this way so that it will stick with our minds and our hearts and has a greater likelihood of application. Uh, up to 3,000 years ago, a lot of teachers would, would quote a proverb. They would quote the first part of it, and then the students, the pupils, would fill in the second part uh, so that the teachers could gauge that they were learning and understanding uh, the things that they were discussing. So can we, can we start with that this morning? I want to test you, and I'm going to test you with just some modern Proverbs, all right? I'm going to give you the first half, and you're going to see if you can finish it out. You ready? You ready? We're good? Okay, here we go. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Uh, don't count your... Okay, yep. Uh, birds of a feather... You got it. A penny saved is penny earned. The apple never falls far from Rome wasn't. Don't bite the hand that the early bird, but the second mouse gets the cheese. I knew that was the extra credit right there. You pass. You got the feel of a, of a proverb. Now, uh, these are statements that help impart wisdom. Now, one more for you. You ready? An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Instead of an apple a day, what we're going to do this summer is we're going to do a proverb a day. We're going to do a, a chapter of the Proverbs every day. So for your Bible reading this summer, or maybe in addition to what you're already studying in the Scriptures this summer, I want to invite all of us to read one proverb every single day. So tomorrow is the very first day of July, and both July and August have exactly 31 days. And can you guess how many chapters are there in the book of Proverbs? There's 31. And so you can read the, the proverb that corresponds to the date that you see on the calendar. You'll never have to wonder, what am I going to read today? You're by the beach, a proverb. You're on the deck, a proverb. You're in the park, a proverb. At the lake, proverb. In front of a window air conditioned unit, we spend a lot of time there. 
a proverb. That's what we're going to do together. So if you're not already there, uh, go with me to Proverbs chapter 1. Again, we have Bibles around the room and anything. We want you to take that and, and bring it home. It's our gift to you. If you know somebody that needs a Bible, grab one of those and bring it home and, and give it to them. Proverbs chapter 1. Now, the, the first nine chapters of this book of Proverbs come from the perspective of a father and a mother uh, to a son. So it carries kind of this, this loving tone of a parent trying to guide their child, to help their child to walk in wisdom. And so I could, I could picture a parent with some of these Proverbs quoting the first part of the proverb and letting their children uh, fill it in. But this is not just simple children's literature. World leaders from around the globe throughout history have been known to come to the biblical Proverbs to get divinely inspired wisdom from God for the tasks that are in front of them. And so this summer, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to receive wisdom from the Lord. I I deeply believe it's going to be a blessing for us. Now, understand this about Proverbs. The Proverbs are general guidelines for how we are to walk wisely. They're not stiff rules. They're generalizations. They're statements that are generally true about life, but there may be some exceptions from time to time. And so uh, we can differentiate between maybe two kinds of truths, as we see in the Old Testament. There's promises. These are statements that are guaranteed to be true always. An example, uh, Psalm 94, 14. The Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. That's a That's a promise. And then there's a proverb, things that are generally speaking, generally true. If you do this, this generally tends to be what will happen. They're they're principles, generalizations. And so an example of that, Proverbs 15, 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now that's generally true, but has anybody ever had somebody be a punk to them and then you respond softly and then they just continue right that that happens from time to time does that mean aha we proved the bible wrong it can't be trusted no the bible of course can be trusted we believe as a church family in the inerrancy of scripture the bible is without error it is perfect through and through we just have to understand the kind of literature that we're reading and so proverbs 51 is a proverb a general principle if you do this it tends to the outcome tends to look like this principles not promises so let's read uh proverbs uh chapter one we'll we'll pick up just verse one right here it says the proverbs of solomon son of david king of israel so who's our author here you got it our author is solomon he's the collector of the proverbs that are included in this particular anthology and the author of of most of them there there are some proverbs that come from a group called the wise chapters 22 23 and 24 along with oracles that come from agur and lemuel 30 and 31 but king solomon as we read the proverbs he's he's really the primary figure and it stems from this crazy night that he had in second Chronicles. Uh, at the end of the book of First Chronicles, King David, his father, the anointed king of Israel, dies, and his son Solomon, who had been groomed from childhood uh, to be the next king, is now uh, faced with, it's time, it, you are now the king. And it's the beginning of his reign, and at the beginning of his reign, it happens. Straight out of the story Aladdin. My family just watched Aladdin, the new one. So good, by the way. That's one of those summer blockbusters. Must see. Very good. And Aladdin uh, gets the, the lamp and he gets three wishes. Well, God comes to Solomon and he, he comes to this new king and says, 
ask what I shall give you. Ask, ask whatever you want, I'll give it to you. I, God, who have all, I have all things at my disposal. I would like to give you, Solomon, anything that you would like. Is your mind going there already? Anything that, that you would like. Uh, and, and you know you've been waiting for this ever since you saw the first Aladdin. Anybody remember the first Aladdin? I remember exactly where I was when I watched it, where it came out in theaters, and I remember watching it. And ever since that moment, if I could have anything that I want, what would I have? Well, what does Solomon ask for? In 2 Chronicles uh, 1, he says, God, give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and to come in before this people. For who can govern this people of yours, which is so great? So his wish, his request of God is, God, I ask for wisdom and I ask for knowledge to govern your people. Now, listen to God's response, 2 Chronicles 1, uh, 11 and 12. God says, because this was in your heart and you have not asked possessions or wealth or honor or the life of those who hate you and have not even asked long life but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may govern my people over whom I have made you king, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. But I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor such as none of the kings had who were before you and none after you shall have the like. What I want us to see up front here is that God is pleased with Solomon's request. Here's a guy who's given the opportunity to request anything from the God who has everything, and he chooses this intangible. He chooses wisdom, and God is pleased. And so God gives him wisdom. And then God says, as we read, because you've asked for wisdom and you could have asked for anything else, you could have asked for possessions, you could have asked for wealth, you could have asked for honor, you could have asked for the life of your enemies, because you chose wisdom, I will give you wisdom and knowledge, but also I will give you riches and possessions and, and honor like nobody who has ever existed or nobody who ever will exist after you. Have you ever played this game in your mind? Have you played this game in your mind? Ask the question, if I had a magic lamp, if I could have anything. And by the way, what were Jeannie's rules? Do you remember Jeannie's rules? Jeannie, rule number one was, I can't kill anybody. Rule number two was, can't make people fall in love. And rule number three is, can't make people come back from the dead. Seen it, it's ugly. That's what he said. So if you could ask for anything, what would it be? Would it be health? Would it be money? Would it be that promotion, that, that job? Would it be, this is where we try to outsmart the genie, this was me as a kid, I will ask for unlimited wishes. So I can just keep asking for more. I don't have three, I got as many as I want. But the right answer we see here in the scripture is you ask for wisdom. And in a way, it is unlimited wishes because when you get wisdom, it gives so much more. And we know this is the right answer because God confirms this for Solomon by giving him, yes, the wisdom, but giving him beyond wisdom, things he didn't even ask for. Here's the bottom line for today. If you could get anything, get wisdom. If you could get anything, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Pursue wisdom. That's what we're going to do this summer is just pursue wisdom. I want to give you uh, this morning four wisdom principles. And so if you're a note taker, four wisdom principles. If you can get anything, get wisdom. Here's principle number one. And if you don't get these principles, I'm telling you, the rest of the summer through the Proverbs, uh, each proverb is going to start to have little eternal value for you. You have to get these principles. Here's, here, here's principle number one. Wisdom, when humbly pursued, pleases God. 
It's very clear in 2 Chronicles 1 that God is pleased. And and let it be clear to you that when, when you pursue wisdom, God is pleased by that. Many of you are facing real challenges in your life. Maybe it's a decision that has to be made. Maybe it's an opportunity that's in front of you. And wisdom is needed. But my question is, what is your first response when you face a challenge? What's your first response? Is it to call a friend? Is it to go on the internet and start to do some research of your options? Is it to develop a plan because you're type A and you've got to get, right, pros and cons list? What, what's your first move? Your first move we see here is to pray, to ask God for wisdom. God, grant me wisdom. I, I often find myself just whispering these quick prayers to the Lord. God, give me wisdom in this moment. God, I need wisdom right now. And it's amazing how he just loves to answer those, those requests, whether they're quick in the moment requests or they're, they're big, heavy, constantly, God, I've got something massive in front of me. Give me wisdom for this decision, for this opportunity. These other things are things that you should do. You should, you should phone a friend, right? That's, that's in the Proverbs. You should do some research. That's in the Proverbs. You should plan. That's in the Proverbs. But the first thing you should do is go to the Lord and seek his wisdom. God, God, give me wisdom, and he loves to answer that. Now, here's the, here's the caveat. Wisdom is to be humbly pursued. It, it's got to be humbly pursued. Uh, God was pleased with Solomon because he pursued wisdom, but you have to be careful to watch what he pursued wisdom for what purpose. He pursued wisdom so that he could look wise, and the ladies would be like, oh, Solomon, you're so wise, wow. No, that's not why he pursued wisdom. Did he pursue wisdom so that he could advance his own name? No, that's not why. Did he pursue wisdom so that he could impress other dignitaries? No, he pursued wisdom, it says Second Chronicles 1.10, so that he could go out and come in before the people because who can govern this great people of God? He says, this is a big task before me and I want to serve people well. And so it's a humble pursuit of, of wisdom founded in the desire to, to honor the Lord and, and a desire to, to honor and serve people. Does that mean that you should never ask for wisdom for very personal things? No, of course not. You should ask for wisdom for very personal things, but make sure that that request for wisdom is, is rooted in the desire that, God, I want to please you with my decision. I want to make the right decision that honors you, not the right decision that will just make life cush for me. I, I want wisdom so that I can honor you. I want wisdom so that I can serve people. And so as we consider wisdom, does your mind immediately go to, okay, yeah, cool, summer in the Proverbs thinking on wisdom, that will really help me so that I might get that promotion, so that I might get attention, so that I might get respect, so that I might get the girl, uh, whatever it is. See how that's self-seeking? Or does your mind quickly go to, Wisdom, yes, that'll help me to make decisions that will please the Lord. That'll help me to serve people better. That'll help me to lead people better, lead my family better so that they have positive outcomes. You see the difference? Wisdom, when humbly pursued, is pleasing to the Lord. Here's our second principle. Wisdom is continually needed by all, by everybody. Everybody continually needs wisdom. Our primary text, uh, Proverbs chapter uh, 1 uh, 1 through 7 coming out of Second uh, Chronicles. Uh, verses 1 through 7 is, is the prologue of the Proverbs. And in verse 1, we've already seen that uh, we, we get the title, we get the, 
the, the primary author. And then verses two through six gives us the goal of the Proverbs. And so let's, let's check it out. So it goes on. It's, this is the Proverbs, the Proverbs of Solomon, verse two. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. Wisdom is continually needed by all. The, the goal of the Proverbs, as stated here, verses 2 and 3, is to get wisdom into the hands of you and me, his readers so that we might have some intensely practical words of insight instruction for wise dealing and righteousness and justice and equity solomon was humble his focus here was so that we would say wow solomon you are so wise that's so good right no so that we could benefit and god could be honored by our our life that's that's the the focus now notice who needs wisdom as we read here Listen to Solomon's differentiation between the audience. He says, I'm speaking to the simple, I'm speaking to the youth, and I'm speaking to wise people, and I'm speaking to the one who understands, who already has understanding. In other words, both ends of the spectrum, I'm speaking to everyone. Everybody needs to humbly pursue wisdom. Whether you're a blue-collar worker or a white-collar worker, whether you're young and lacking experience, whether you got a lot of gray hair, white hair, and you got a lot of experience, whether you have impressive degrees and lots of letters behind your name and you're a wicked, smart Bostonian, or, or you have no degrees and you barely got through high school or didn't get through high school at all, whether you've been there, done that, or you are green, wisdom is to be pursued by every single person. It's strange, isn't it, to, to see that Solomon calls for the wise to increase in learning. He, he calls for those who are already understanding to obtain guidance. So wherever you're at, even if you're way up here with regards to wisdom, keep seeking more wisdom. It's going to be really easy throughout the course of the summer that when we get to your topic, for you to check out. Like we cover marriage and you're like, look around the room, I got a pretty darn good marriage compared to some of these fools and so I'm good here. No, 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 you stay in there. He says, the one who already understands, we're always looking to grow and to to gain more. When we cover money, we don't look around and say, well, I got a finance degree, so it's pass or I have no debt, so I'm good to go. No, keep going with parenting. My kids just graduated preschool, so I'm an expert in parenting, right? No, we're all continuing to grow in, in, in pursuing our, our wisdom. It's, it's needed by all of us. So you can't pridefully check out. The moment that you think that you have arrived is the moment that you are most susceptible to fall. How do you explain the wealthy man's fall into bankruptcy? It's often because he stopped practicing the principles that helped him to get wealthy in the first place. How, how do you explain the thriving marriage that then just suddenly goes south? Well, you get to a place where you feel like you're invincible and untouchable and you stop applying the principles that cause you to have a thriving marriage in the first place. A lot of times it's a slow climb, but it's a fast fall to the bottom. Solomon got this. He's the wisest man to ever live, it says. 
And yet he, as you read his life, he's constantly seeking wisdom. The wisest man to ever live had this, this plethora of counselors that he would bring around him. Maybe that's where the wisdom is found, is, is in realizing that you need more wisdom. That, that, that's the, the wisdom. Let me give you some Proverbs where, where, uh, where he talks about uh, the already wise should seek more. Just a, a quick sample. Proverbs 1.5, let the wise listen and add to the learning. We looked at Proverbs 12.15, the way of the fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 15.22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Proverbs 19.20, listen to the advice, or listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end you will be wise. So the wise person seeks more wisdom. Wisdom seeks wisdom. Stay teachable. I've ever told you guys, and so I, this is like one of my soapboxes, by the way, so if I've ever shared this illustration before, I have this little thing that I call the American Idol Theory. Uh, the American Idol Theory is, if you think you're good, you're probably not. You know, you with me? You've seen this? Like the people who strut up in front of the judges on those talent, there's like a hundred talent shows out there on television today, and they strut up and they're just aggressively confident. They just they're typically no good at all, right? Have you noticed this? Is this just me? Okay, that, that's typically how it goes. They don't want to listen to the judge's advice, and that's how they've always been probably. But have you ever noticed the, the ones who are astoundingly gifted? They're very humble. They're shocked when they get a yes. And I'm like, did you really not think that you were going to get a yes? You were going to Hollywood. You're, going, you're amazing, right? But the wise people are humble people, and that's probably how they got to the place of wisdom in the first place, is by asking a lot of questions and seeking wisdom, seeking counsel. They don't say, I have arrived. They see that there's always more wisdom to gain. American Idol Theory. Keep humbly pursuing wisdom. Keep moving forward, because if you're not moving forward, you're a sitting duck, and that's when you're a great target for the enemy. Enemy. Next principle in our last verse, Proverbs 1, 7. Here's the principle. Wisdom must accompany knowledge for knowledge to be any good. It's got to be there. It's got to be there. You may have heard the phrase already, if you've been around church for any length of time, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's from Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Here in chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What you're going to see in the Proverbs is that wisdom and knowledge, they're a couple. They go together. Even back in 2 Chronicles 1, what did Solomon ask God for? If you were to pay careful attention, verse 10, and I'm quoting, he says, give me wisdom and knowledge. He wants both. And God says, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. So wisdom and knowledge become interchangeable in the scriptures and the Proverbs in particular, because Solomon assumes that wisdom and knowledge, they're, they're a team. Knowledge should not stand alone. It needs to be coupled with wisdom. And most people have it completely backwards, that we see knowledge standing alone and we call it wisdom so often. We often see gray hair, years, Graduate degrees, letters after your name, postgraduate degrees, the name of your school, a large vocabulary, lots of money, loads of opinions, they're, they're wise. And it could just be they have a lot of knowledge, but they're not actually wise. These things point you often to knowledge, but not necessarily wisdom. They've got to go together. 
Knowledge comes quickly. Wisdom comes slowly. You can very quickly, and you've been here, I'm sure, you can very quickly cram for an exam and you can know the facts and you can take the exam and pass. But wisdom comes through a lifetime of, of prayer and seeking God and, and getting God's blessing. Here's an example. Many 16-year-olds like myself have a learner's permit and then they go pass the exam, they, they study the book and they pass the exam, but then you go and you actually get into the car and I horrified my mother driving her red minivan around. I heard, Joshua, all the time. Joshua, because I get in the car and I, I passed. I, got, I had the piece of plastic in my, my wallet and I, I passed the exam, but you get in the car and I'm driving. I knew, I knew what you're supposed to do, but if a car started coming at me, I start swerving over that white line, right? Because I, I didn't have that, that wisdom, that, that I had the knowledge, but not the experience, right? Or, or I knew that you're supposed to slowly press on the brake, but if I pressed on that brake, then it was whiplashing the family because it was really, really touchy, right? Crossing yellow lines from time to time. My mom thinking that she's going to die, right? Knowledge has to be coupled with wisdom, which is an outworking of knowledge. It's knowledge on the street. So they go together. They, they go together. Wisdom must accompany, accompany knowledge for knowledge to be any good. Here's our, here's our last principle. Wisdom starts with fear of the Lord. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Again, let's, let's look at verse 7 one more time. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So again, both knowledge and wisdom here, and they both begin with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. If you want, listen, if you want true wisdom, you've got to start with God. In particular, a fear of God, which is a proper, humble understanding of who God is. It's an appropriate reverence and awe and humility and posture towards God. God, where you come to God and you say, God, you are in control. You are all-knowing. You know the beginning from the end. And yes, there's a way that seems right to a man, but, but sometimes the way that seems right to me ends in death, the scriptures will say. And so God, I'm, I'm looking to you. I'm coming to you. I'm humbly here, ready to hear from you. We are mere humans. He, however, is God. He is the one who has always been. He is the one who has created all things. He is the one who has created us. He is the one who, who breathes into us the breath of life. We are to look to him as God. You are to, to see yourself in light of who he is. And you look to him as God and you have a humble reverence and fear of the Lord, a desperation to, to, to glean some of his understanding. He knows the things that we do not yet know. He knows what we do not yet know. He knows our future. And he knows, listen, he knows the answer to the world's greatest problems. Our world's got a lot of problems, pretty clear. He knows the answer to the world's greatest problems. And he says to his people, Come to me. Come to me. Come to me for wisdom. I have the answer to the world's greatest problem. And let me remind all of us of the world's greatest 
problem. The number one problem in the world is our sin problem. And we have an all-knowing God who answered the greatest riddle known to man. And that is, what do we do with all the havoc we see around us? With all the sin, with all the frustration, with all the anger, with all the hatred, what do we do with this? Where does this come from? And he says, it's sin. It's the fact that you have turned from me. The one who breathes into you the breath of life. You turn from him. Sin is the result. That, that's sin, turning from him. And the world is broken. And the problem is that sin has to be dealt with. We love justice, except when it's executed on us. And God has answered the greatest riddle that justice and his love can be shown in one stroke. That is the cross. God becomes a man, Jesus. And he walks in our shoes and never sins, but dies the death of a sinner. Justice is served for you and for me. And resurrects to life and gives us life, wiping our sin away and giving us new and eternal forever life with God. That's the greatest riddle of all time, and the wise God solves it in one act in human history, the cross. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We start anywhere. We, we don't start with, let's go, let's start accumulating all this wisdom. We start with, God, I come to you. And God, I fear you. I look to you. I see you as God. And you are in control. And you have a plan. And the first thing he says to you is, accept my son, Jesus. If you fear me, if you see me for who I am, you're going to accept my great gift, my answer to the problem, my answer to the world's greatest riddle. You're going to receive Jesus. And so I will start here the beginning of our, our series on the, the Proverbs, beginning of summer with wisdom, the wisest thing you can ever do is to receive the gift of Jesus. If you have never turned from, from, from your independence from God and turned to God and said, God, I humbly come to you and I receive Jesus, today's your day. I want to call you to that. Today's your day to give your life to Jesus. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That you can be brought in a right relationship with God. If that's you, we want to invite you to that this morning, to fear the Lord. That's where it starts. That's the beginning. Look to him. Put him on the rightful place in your life, the throne of your life. Fear the Lord, the beginning, the beginning of wisdom. And then others of us in this room, I'll say this, others of us in this room, we need to begin the humble pursuit of wisdom. We need to say, I need it, just like he needs it, she needs it, I need it. God, give me wisdom. So I want to invite you in this time, let's, let's start our prayers with, God, would you give us wisdom? Would you give us wisdom? So let me invite you now, as the band comes up, let me invite you now to close your eyes and to go to God in prayer and say, God, would you give me, would you give me wisdom? God, I'm with my friends in this room. We are humbly coming before a holy, righteous God who has created us who is in control of all things, who holds all things together, the scripture says, by the word of your power, we come humbly before you. 
and we say, God, if we could have one thing, we want to have wisdom. We want to have wisdom so that we can honor you and we can love people really well. And so God, would you grant us your wisdom? And God, I I pray for my friends in this room who have never given their life to Jesus. I pray that today would be their day that they would show that they have the fear of of God within their hearts and they see for who you are and they would receive your answer, Jesus. They would call on your name and be made right with you today. They would turn from independence and they would turn in total dependence on you. So I give them to you, Father. And then God, every single one of us in this room, we need wisdom. Would you give us wisdom? You know the very specifics, all the details of what's going on in our hearts, circumstances we're facing. God, I pray that you would grant us wisdom, that we would act with wisdom. We would walk wisely. So God, take your scriptures that have been given this morning and would you apply them to our hearts over and over and over and over again. Help us not to be hearers only, but doers of your scriptures. Commit it to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.